Hello and welcome to Speaks Loud and Words, episode 22. As always, I am your host, Dave Reed. This week's conversation is with Jess Mills, who, in between working with artists like Breakage, has been keeping busy writing her debut album. We talked about some interesting issues that women face whilst working in the music industry, as well as, of course, her songwriting technique. Remember, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash Chapel UK and our Twitter at twitter.com Warner underscore chapel and on our YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Warner Chapel Music. And if you didn't already know, Chapel is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. Enjoy. Some good levels. That's yeah, cool. cool. Thank you. So Jess, thank you very much for coming in and speaking to us today. You're so welcome. About uh, music and I guess songwriting in general. Yeah. So, you know, like you're a musician, a songwriter. Why do you write songs? Um, I think, I mean, I can probably speak on behalf of quite a lot of people when I say that, you know, becoming an artist or a songwriter or working with music is, is not really something you decide to do, I don't think. You just, you kind of don't have any other, or for me anyway, and I think, you know, when I've said this, you know, to other artists and stuff as well, I think they agree. You don't really ever think there would ever be anything else because, um, it's just it's just integral to to everything really it's um it's it's kind of more than just something you do for a job if you know what i mean it's like its own very important whole dimension in your life that informs everything it can inform how good you feel how bad you feel Mm. how excited you feel you know it's also a kind of outlet for a lot of emotional stuff a lot of just creative stuff it's um it kind of kicks into every single space in your in your life really mm. um so you don't really i don't think you kind of choose whether to do it or not it just kind of grabs it's, it's almost like a um, it comes and takes you and you never return you. Basically. like a virus or something it's, it's like <laughs> well, it's more i guess it's more positive than that yeah. <laughs> hopefully it doesn't kill you yeah that's right yeah it <laughs> doesn't kill you makes you stronger this yeah, yeah yeah so no it was um i guess i started I realised there wasn't really going to be anything else for me that I wanted to do mm. with, with my life when I was a teenager, really. But I was always quite shy about... Um, I wasn't particularly exhibitionist, you could say, with it. I wasn't one of those people who would, like, jump up in a room and, like, want to sing to everyone. Or mm. I was always quite private about my, like, songwriting and singing and stuff. And it wasn't until I left university that I really started to... Um, I don't know, I kind of felt ready to sort of take it out to the, you know bigger wider world and started doing gigs and stuff like that so yeah the the, the answer to your question why songwriting I mean for me there was never going to be anything else and um you know I think it's one of those things that if you it's something you can do your whole life really I mean because I think at certain points in your life it, it it's totally right to to work with it as an artist and to me that's the most um I mean that's what I think I will always do but there's you know as you get older you maybe want to have a family you know you're you can you can work as a songwriter as well, so it's something you can kind of do for your whole life, mm. really. I think, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, we haven't had many people talk about, you know, being an artist, being a songwriter, as well as the idea of potentially having a family, as well. Is that something that you one day envisioned? Yeah, I mean, God, not at the moment. I mean, of I course, right, yeah, nothing. Future. I mean, I don't think. I mean, at the moment, there's there's just so much to do that I think you need like total freedom and mm. focus to be able to pursue properly but yeah I think you know mm. it's I think it's more of a challenging question for women than it is for men for sure yeah, um mm. you know I think it'll be rare to find a woman 
which is obviously totally fine as well, who says, you know, I definitely don't want to have children. I think most women do want to have children. But I think for women, it's it's a more complex thing of factoring it in and not feeling like somehow by having children, you're, um, you're somehow expressing a less ambitious part of yourself. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I think yeah. it's a kind of like, it's a feminist issue really, the fact that you can be a serious professional um, who's amb- who's as ambitious as every other guy you work with or every other girl you yeah. work with, but also want to have a family too. You know, yeah. it's um, so yeah, I, I definitely want to have mm. a family. Um, and I think it's a challenge to be able to do all of those things as well as kind of be able to work to the fullness of your potential but I think you know in this in this world now it's important to be a representative for the fact that you can you can do all of it mm. you can be serious about your career and be a seriously ambitious mm. minded person and also have a family yeah. too why not right it's totally well I think it's difficult I think it's yeah. difficult it's much more it's a much more challenging thing for women than men I think because I by necessity I mean you become absorbed into this other you know person it's like instinct isn't it yeah, yeah exactly you know and you're s- I mean, God, are we going slightly off piste with this? I don't know. It doesn't but you know, you know what I mean. It's <laughs> like, um, yeah, I mean, you, there have been so many women in, in in music do have big families, and but I think you feel like you have to get to a certain point before you're able to kind of take your foot off the gas a little bit. Yeah. And I definitely don't feel like I'm ready yeah. to take my foot off the gas yet. Yeah. But you know, I I think it would be a, a very sad thing if you know you missed the chance to have children just because you were. Yeah. So I don't know. I think you, it's possible to do everything. You've got to work super hard to have that mm. life. But you know, I believe in you know working hard can and just being committed can mm. can get you where you want to be yeah. on, on both sides. You know. Mm. <laughs> Amazing. So let's talk about your. your it's turned into a post-feminist yeah. rant. <laughs> let's talk about um, you know growing up with music. So. Yeah. Did you love music as a kid growing up? Yeah, I loved music. I remember. What's your first, like your earliest memories of music? My earliest memories of music, uh, definitely a lot of classical music. So my my dad um, is kind of he's he's, in, he's in, he has a kind of encyclopedic knowledge about classical music, but also it's just it is integral to who he is. You know, he he played. Uh, as a lead clarinetist in in an orchestra for for a long time and amongst other things and um, so classical music my mum a lot of uh, Motown uh, like she used to love or does like love Diana Ross and um, but then also a lot of kind of Californian kind of more folk based stuff you mm-hmm. know like Joni Mitchell and um, Crosby Stills and Nash and Neil Young. Mm-hmm. Then also, you know, bands like Fleetwood Mac, I mean, all the classics, really. Yeah. Um, she wasn't particularly off-piste with her, like, musical taste in that way. It's quite, um, I think a lot of people in my generation grew up with their parents listening to that music. Yeah. But it was, you know, it was very informative. And I, I think the first time I remember being, I mean, it's different. I remember when I was really, li- like, my dad used to, he said when I was little, like if he was playing music, I was to come in. I think I was encouraged by him too because he could see that I was musical and mm-hmm. I played classical piano for when I was five. And um, I used to come and just sit with him and for hours, even when I was really little, and just listen to music with him. And for me, it was always quite an immersive thing. It was something I took quite seriously and I felt really, really moved by f- from quite a young age. And, mm-hmm. you know, I remember hearing songs like or listening to records like Blue with Joni Mitchell when I was really young and being too little to really understand what she was 
saying. But then I remember when I was about 10 or 11, listening to Blue, or I was actually very specifically, or, or Little Green I remember listening to as well, and, and suddenly hearing the words and understanding them, if you know what I mean, like, because they've just been words that you sing, like, actually really understanding what she was saying and thinking, my God, I've never heard anyone talk about that feeling like that, or it felt like she just painted something that could feel quite familiar, but in a really interesting, mm. amazing way that almost made you kind of experience it again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it was quite young when I started to, I'm, I'm not talking a lot. You see, <laughs> just like up my answers down a little bit. No way, don't worry, <laughs> just go for it. I'm just thinking 10, maybe I couldn't have been that young actually in relation to those songs because I think you've got to understand a little bit about love to, so I must have been a teenager, but okay. I definitely remember, I mean, I remember the first time I heard Dummy by Portishead and it was like, my whole body just went cold, you know, I was just like, like, so what is this? I've never heard anything like this. I couldn't, I remember I was at my friend's house and we were, we were late one night just hanging out and I must have been about 13. And just hearing it and just I couldn't hear anything else that was going on in the room. I could just hear this music. I get like a really physical reaction to music when I hear something that I love. It's wow. like, I don't know, it's, it's like my body goes cold and I get like... Tingling. Or else, yeah, totally. I mean, I know it sounds, maybe that sounds really enough, but it's true. Yeah. It doesn't happen all the time, but every yeah. now and again I hear something and I just kind of enveloped by it, I guess. So it's quite a visceral thing for me, music, I think. Yeah. It's not just something I listen to. It's something that I, I live with and mm. I guess you end up having a kind of relationship of kinds with it, you know? Yeah. You talked about learning the piano at five. Did you learn any other instruments? Um, I learned like screechy bad cello at school, <laughs> but I would, um, just enough to probably play hot cross buns or something. Yeah. Um, and guitar, I mean, I've learned just, just kind of through necessity, I think, just through songwriting. Yes. I guess I, I got to a point where writing songs on the piano, I, I started to feel a little bit limited a bit. Um, I had to kind of classical training and I, I felt especially at some points a little bit limited by the understanding of knowing the theory mm. and not feeling very sort of freed up by it. That's yeah. a weird thing, but I I really liked writing songs on the guitar because I didn't really know what I was playing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, there's kind a of freedom just, in that, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, now, I mean, in the last few years, I've definitely come back to writing on mm. the piano my main instrument I play very bad guitar I can get by yeah. you know I can I can write songs and yeah. I could probably like play along a little bit but I'm definitely not a, a guitarist yeah, it's like <laughs> the other way around for me I, oh, right. I can learn an instrument enough to kind of like write a song yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I move on I get yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something basically yeah. <laughs> yeah I read doing my research on you oh yeah y you went to school with Miss Dynamite yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah 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 that's pretty cool yeah, yeah. she was um she was just one of my best friends at school. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you close still? Yeah, I mean, she's she's an old, old friend now. She mm. will always be a friend of mine. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Did you, have you ever done anything musically with her? Maybe at school? Um, yeah, at school we we performed in like band concerts and stuff together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she was, when everything really started to blow up for her, she was always really really lovely about, you know, getting me down to the studios with mm -hmm. her to meet people. And she knew that I had it was something I wanted to do yeah. as well um, so she would always try and like bring me in on you know if she was doing like a late night session somewhere or I went out to New York with her for oh. a week once as well when she was doing some recording just to kind of hang out yeah so she was always really supportive and she's um, she's a total life force like that now you know she's fierce and she's like mm. brave and and she's fearless as well and I think um, when I was you know starting out having that 
example, someone so close to you was quite inspiring, really, mm. and uh, definitely taught me a couple of lessons in in being brave and being fearless, which you you really have to have a lot of, I think, in this game. You know, mm. you have to in the kind of business aspect of music, if you know what I mean. Mm. You have to really be prepared to walk the high wire every mm. now and again and do things which are out of your comfort zone and just and just go for it. And so I think she was she was definitely good at like showing like as being an example of that mm. but I've never shied away from things that have scared me if you know what I mean if mm. anything it's like a moth to a flame it's like let's go yeah <laughs> it can be quite an exhausting way to live sometimes but it can also prove to be quite exciting as well you find yourself in some pretty mental situations I'm as sure. a result of it <laughs> you have that with, say that with a smile on your face <laughs> yeah you're obviously thinking about a few what are they well I don't know like I'm trying to think what they would be um one of the first the first gigs I was touring with Leftfield for two years, which was it was quite a big sort of turning point for me really because it was off the bat that I signed my deal with Ireland and um, also had you know the experience of playing all around the world, you know doing like a headline festival mm. tour with them and on and on and off we were touring for about two years and uh, the first gig we did was to 20,000 people at Rockness, headlining Rockness. And before that, I'd, of course, I'd done gigs and stuff, but probably the biggest show I'd done was a support slot at Shepherd's Bush Empire, which was, at, there's probably about 1,000 or 1,500 people there when we played or something, which at that point was the biggest show. So it was like, it was quite a big step up, you know, to go from playing a show like that to suddenly 20,000 people. Yeah. It was a definite moment I had to be like, right, you're going to have to go for this, you're going to have to nail it. And yeah. just, it's like, don't look down, you know, just Amazing. go for it. And actually, I think always the the thought of those those moments, like, can be much more nerve-wracking than I find anyway. Like, if I, if I know I've got something, like a big show or, like, an important thing coming up, you feel more n- nervous about it in the build-up and then in the moment, those nerves kind of dissipate and it turns into something else. You don't mm. You don't feel nervous or scared or, like, worried. You just... You're, you're doing it and it's really exciting it's more adrenaline that, that you feel mm. so I think I felt quite nervous about that show and the kind of week or so building up to it and mm. then as soon as you're side of stage and it's ready to happen you just you're buzzing aren't yeah, you yeah exactly yeah so in your teenage years I'm guessing you began to kind of get a taste for music as well um, what kind of bands were you listening to that you were choosing to listen to yourself mm. going beyond kind of like what your parents were listening to um I guess it was a lot of that kind of... I mean, it was, it was quite eclectic, really, my taste in music when I was growing up. I listened to a lot of... Um, I think just by, you know, as a result of being a teenager growing up in London, at the time that the whole kind of garage scene hit London, mm. we were, like... And also one of my best friends was, as an MC, was totally blowing up on that scene was dynamite we went to a lot of those kind of garage raves and mm. so there was a lot of that kind of music going on that was like a huge staple of my life at that point and then a lot of a lot of r&b you know Aaliyah and swv and bands like jodeci and stuff but then also still listening to you know bands like porter's head or massive attack or you know i loved the album grace by jeff buckley as well i was obsessed with that when that came out and so quite eclectic really yeah. um so do, do, do any of those kind of artists or those albums kind of stick around for you? Have they? Yeah, they all do, actually. They all do. They're all albums that are still, probably less so the R&B stuff, but I was actually listening to, um, I was actually listening to some of those older Leah tracks the other day 
and uh, they just still sound so fresh if anything they just, they just, you realise how kind of forward thinking a lot of that music mm. was you know especially that kind of Timberland based production stuff yeah. it was so good and yeah I mean Grace by Jeff Buckley I'll probably listen to mm. the rest of my life and um, as I will you know Porter said I mean I saw Porter said play at Glastonbury last few weeks ago mm. it was one of those moments where you just like I've never seen them play and they were one of my favourite favorite yeah. bands of all time and it was just so fucking unbelievable. Just like, there wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't the biggest crowd, uh -huh. which I was quite surprised. They were headlining the other stage. The other stage, okay. And um, Arctic Monkeys and Sheik were playing on the same night and mm. I don't want to say it was, it was a big crowd. It was, must have been about 20,000 people yeah, there. Yeah. But I've been to the gigs at the other stage where you're yeah, like, yeah. you're so far and it was really nice because you get relatively close in and it was just like, I swear to God, there were grown men in the audience, like s fucking simultaneously, like reaching for the sky and yeah. tears pouring down their face. Oh. It was so amazing. It was so amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I do still all those all yeah. those bands and those records. I, I know those, they're a daily part of my life. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Do do they kind of in any way influence the music that you make yourself? Um, or have they done ever? Yeah, I th I think there's different people that have. On a songwriting level, I don't know. I mean, it, it, I guess it's quite hard to compartmentalise it. But I mean, Beth Gibbons has been massively, massively influenced. You know, I've been hugely influenced by her. I mm. think. I guess there's a kind of at times there's a darkness to my music that is surprising to me at times because I'm not a very like dark or you know tortured human being. Mm. But there is a there is a lot of that laced kind of thematically and lyrically through mm. my music which maybe I picked up from bands like what I said I don't know <laughs> no I'm joking um I think it's just quite a natural thing to write uh -huh. to, to to use some of the more painful introspective experiences as inspiration mm. for songs I mean it's just I mean I think everybody knows that I mean the harder stuff is always much easier to or it's much closer positioned, you yeah. know, next next to your heart. I think so. Um, you're more likely to write about yeah. those experiences. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, as a songwriter, I'd say one of the people that I've studied most would be Prince. I would say Prince. Okay. I just think is he's kind of <laughs> second to none, really. Mm. I mean, what is it about him that you just kind of? Like I mean, the songs are just undeniably brilliant you know lyric lyrically melodically in terms of arrangement you know it's so unformulaic so kind of ungeneric mm. i think he's just one of those kind of once in a once in a generation mm. kind of artists yeah. you know uh i mean anything from like um I mean purple rain to i mean the whole of sign of the times as well to, what was a song I found out the other day that he wrote? It's on the Bangles songs um, oh. that I couldn't believe as well. To you know, other songs which have just been covered by people and some become some of the most classic songs, yeah. like you know, nothing compares to you. Or I mean, he just got a way of like capturing sort of soulful, kind of deeply sort of dark emotion and yeah. presenting it in such a kind of. I mean, God, how long could we talk about Prince and why? Right, I mean, <laughs> talk about like Prince for a long time. Go for it. <laughs> You know, I mean, I think anyone, I mean, I guess the kind of, as a songwriter, there's two different things that I'm I'm doing now as well. I mean, there's the stuff that I still write for myself, the more 
for my artist-based work and then I'm also starting to do pop writing for other artists yeah. as well which it started to happen in the last sort of s- six to nine months which mm. is something I've really 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 been in, really mm. been enjoying and you know I guess I've been sort of you kind of go back to some of the greats like studying what how they've composed their songs and stuff just as a basic point of, of like not just inspiration but just like how good it can be and um so yeah I've you know I've gone back to kind of studying some of those songs and you know each time you're just like bloody hell it's just too good you know and it's unparalleled I think I mean there's few people that I think have written as many classic records that are still as important mm. today as he did so you just mentioned about writing for other people yeah how is your writing for other people different to your own um how, do you I approach it differently at all yeah I mean I'm a I basically love writing pop songs like more I guess there's like I'm gonna say it's like a guilty pleasure but I uh-huh. really love writing like yeah. mega uber pop stuff yeah yeah <laughs> which is not right for myself at all but mm-hmm. it helps kind of like exercise that that part if you know what I mean yeah. and I just I just find it really it's easy when it's not you because you, you I think you're it doesn't have to be something which is um, focused on like truth necessarily or something which is mm-hmm. speaking, you know, from a, a deeply truthful part of yourself. You can just write a bit more objectively. Yeah. Like I did a session with a girl called Victoria Duffield who's um, at Warner's and we had a couple of days together and just, you know, sat down and, you know, lyrically, you know, we, it, it was very collaborative, but it was really great to be able to just like chuck these like mega pop melodies at yeah her and she just like totally smashed it and just kind of it was just really fun you know and I just and I I guess it comes to me quite naturally so it it kind of feels like the funnest job in the whole world that you especially when you're working with really talented like young super energetic artists and stuff it's it's wicked that's very cool I was gonna say if it's different to the work that you you do for yourself then maybe it's quite refreshing for you as well so is is, it does it have that kind of appeal to it as well yeah I mean it's just um because how is how is your own stuff different when you're writing? It's just it's just so different. I mean, you you essentially go in and you write a bit to a brief when you're with someone else. Whereas for yourself, you're not writing to brief. You're writing kind of from the heart, yes. really. So, um, and similarly, you know, when writing songs for my own record, some of them happened in a matter of you know an hour. The whole thing was written and done yeah. and, and finished. Others have taken a lot more time to kind of chisel away at and. Mm. Uh, I don't think you would have that. I mean, when you're when you're writing for someone else, it's much more quick fire. You know, you don't have ages to kind of. It's just much more halogen. It's just like you have to kind of. It has to be much more energy. Much. There's a sense you have to get it done in a certain amount of time yeah. as well. And I guess you know when it's when it's for you, you wanna. You're expressing things in a different way. You're saying things that are a lot more personal. You're. Yeah, it's just a very very different thing. I guess it's kind of less. Kind of feels less serious in a way. It's, okay. it's more fun, yeah. I guess. Okay. Sounds like um, almost when you're writing for yourself, there's there's an aspect of opening w- wounds or something. So it's like a little bit more emotional and truthful. So you want yeah. to take the time with your lyrics to get the story. Or and also, this is you know when you're writing a record for yourself, it's it's you're holding up a reflection of you, aren't you? And you're when you're writing songs for yourself. I mean, for me, especially writing my album, like you obviously you're writing each each song stands independently but you're also aware of the fact that each of these things sit together within the bigger picture of a whole record mm. so you contextually it's quite different 
for me like each song was obviously really important in its own right but I was very aware that of the bigger picture that it all had to to sit in and mm. um I guess it's slightly different when you're writing for other people. I mean, even though you maybe you're writing the first couple of songs with them, you don't have a whole... It's, just le- it's a different kind of responsibility. Yeah. You know, you're just kind of almost giving it to someone, saying, okay, I hope you like it, go off with it. You yeah. know, not something you're living with in the same yeah. way. Do you, do you write with other people for your own stuff? Or do you just... Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I, um, I mean, the whole record um, has been... I've worked with you know, different producers and, and people that I work with on, on track and arrangement mm. and stuff. Some of the songs I've written, you know, largely by myself. Others have been, you work with someone who does the track and, and the musical arrangement mm. with you. Although I have, um, in the last sort of year or so, done a lot of work with a top liner as well, Karen Paul, who is, who I've done quite a lot of work with over this. Mm-hmm. We did we did a bunch of stuff for my album and also continuing to do stuff for other people and, She's amazing. She's I've I've learned so much from her. She's kind of I just totally adore her. I, I love what she does. You know, mm. I think she's the most amazing songwriter, and she's just she's just she's just I feel, yeah. I feel I've kind of learned a lot from her, even just in the the mm. short time that I've known mm. her, and it's feel like been like a real feel like a real privilege to have that time yeah. with her. And we're also working together quite a lot on writing and recording the new Zero Seven record at the moment so she's been coming in and doing some of that with us as well which yeah. has been great and um yeah so i mean yeah i haven't haven't done lots of work with other top liners actually but she's oh and kid harpoon as well who's incredible um i did work with on mm. my record too so not lots and lots of top liners but um okay. i've been lucky very lucky with the ones that i have do, do you like working on your own or with people oh yeah definitely with other people yeah okay. yeah i mean i because I, I, I can't produce you know i'm not a producer so yeah I, I I need that, you know. I need I need to be working with someone else to realise the ideas mm. fully. So it's always a collaborative process for me, yeah. writing in the end because there will always have to be that input from the person that will produce the the mm. songs. But in most instances, it would be a thing that I will be writing all the the song and the lyric, mm. and someone else will be producing the track up. Mm. Um, but like I said, just kind of relatively recently I've been working with some top liners too which has been amazing yeah. it's really nice actually I mean I think after a long time of um, writing by yourself it's really exciting to work with people who who can kind of just really add to that and um, in, it's, not it's lonely doing it by yourself it's not lonely at all but you can kind of end up following the same Patterns. patterns a little yeah. bit and it's really nice to have someone just chuck up chuck in a completely different spectrum of ideas and mm. yeah it means there's, there's a kind of a lot to learn mm. the job is never done in that this it's always so many ways in which you can improve and learn and get better mm. and i think working with really really great songwriters is exciting because you feel that you're improving you're developing yeah. and i think it's always important to be learning and and to know that your yeah. your best work is never done you know you can always go on to do better mm. I was going to ask about the working with Zero Seven because yeah. you've been working with them a bit with the album. Yeah. How has working with them been? Has it been good? It's been amazing. I mean, I I was such a big fan of those, um, of you know, of, of their records, and um, I remember you know years ago when their first couple of records came out, you know, listening to them all the time, and um, so it's really exciting that way to sort of now be working with people that you've whose music you've loved and um, respected, and Hen- I I'd done quite a lot of work with Henry who's one half of Zero Seven for my album. So we'd, we'd got a bunch of songs together for that. And um, 
naturally when my album was finished it we kind of continued working together and it was just quite a natural evolution to to start writing for their record when you know it was clear that that's what was going to happen there was there was going to be another record so it's been amazing you know it's i think everyone feels that what's happening is really exciting and i mean no one's really heard anything yet but Mm. i think everyone's pretty quietly pretty excited about it which is a really nice place to be you know there's there's you know a lot of work been going on and really productive and we've got quite a lot done in a pretty short space of time and again Karen's been coming in and working on those songs with us too um, which has been amazing so yeah yeah. happy days that must make you feel a bit more comfortable as well being with somebody else you know as well so you must feel like a family or something yeah Yeah, I mean Henry's Henry's an old Henry and Sam both guys from 07 are old friends of mine anyway so it's never like a hugely formal experience working with them anyway but Karen's just great because she always brings so much to the table and um, like I said it's just great having that extra mind to kind of kick ideas into the sessions with yeah we've talked a lot about melody today yeah what would you say uh, is the most important thing to you within a song when you're writing is it lyrics melody rhythm well I think in the end what sets an amazing song apart from a, a kind of good or average song is the synergy between the lyric and the melody when somehow both are reinforcing and informing each other, if you know what I mean. Mm. Most of the time, or nearly always, I, I will start with melody first when I'm writing and then write the lyrics in, into the melody. But I also, I've always got, I mean, I'm always writing stuff anyway, so quite often I'll have a body of, of words or, or lyrics that are ready to go. That, um, But then having said that, actually sometimes there are songs that you write and you almost the two happen at the same time which is always quite a lucky place to be you know when I when I talk about there being a synergy between the melody and the lyric I mean if if it both happens at the same time that's always a really really good place to start I think and um I think some of the songs my favorite songs or that I've done or ones that I think I feel most proud of have probably happened in that way actually it's always a bit frustrating when you get to a point where you've got a melody you're really happy with and it's almost just like you don't ever want to get to a point where you're like forcing words into the space, if yeah. you know what I mean? But after a while, you know, after you've, it's like with anything, the more you do something, I, I guess the more capable you are of of solving yeah. those problems. Yeah. You know, less and less now, I say, would I have the problem where I'm, I'm wrestling with a song? Like you mm. just, it's like anything, the longer you do it, I guess you just become a bit more nimble at these yeah. things. Yeah. So say, um, you're going to be writing a song. How do you approach it? Do you hit some chords on the keys or do you strum a guitar? What's your method? What's your, from the very beginning, what's your method? Um, for me, it nearly always starts with chords. Um, and it's funny because you can write, you can write 10 different songs over the same four chords, you know, and I think it's probably been done. Yeah. Probably about sure. a squillion, bazillion songs have been written over the same four chords. And it's funny because each time you hear those chords, somehow you can hear them differently depending on what sound they're being played on or or what the kind of production is around them or whatever. But anyway, if you're starting something completely from scratch, then just getting good chords up, always, always, always. Mm. Um, but then sometimes, you know, you can have melodies that you've have come to mind or that you've got that have happened independently of um having any sort of core musical arrangement in place like every now and then, you know 
something comes to you and you're singing like what's that you know oh I'm could could that in and and then you can go to assist you know you can go to write something with the, the melodies there first and you sort of piece some nice chords around it mm. it's just never really one way it's never the same each time yeah. but if i had to say you know the the majority of the time it would be writing chords then writing melody and then lyrics around that and then um quite often you know the production will happen simultaneously as as the music and the arrangements being played do you have a key that you kind of always go into I think I end up writing things in A quite a lot. Is there any reason for that? Just like the um, way you like your voice sounds in that kind of. I beat? don't know. I th I think it's probably a register thing. I think, you know, different. Pe I mean, I, I definitely don't have one key that I write all my songs in or mm. anything. But I think sure. you do have. Um, you, you know, if you, if you studied it, you probably realise there are some keys that you write in more mm. than others. I think it's probably just where your register's most well placed. Yeah. Um, and. Uh, Oh yeah, A minor is quite a good one. You can get quite a lot of misery out of A minor. You do, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone probably knows that <laughs> one very well. Yeah. It's a good old misery key. Yeah. <laughs> so your album's coming out soon. You're working on your album. Yeah, my album's finished. We're just in the middle of scheduling okay, release at the moment. Yeah. Um, what have you learned from your time producing this album? God, where do you start? I mean, uh, I think it's really important to have a core team of people that are going to probably do the whole thing I think um, you know if you can be in a place where you have maybe one or two people producing the whole record I think that's a really good place to be it keeps it kind of sonically it keeps mm. it really focused and you know sound wise it's it, it means it's got quite a refined it's, it can be much more refined conceptually mm. which I think is really important I guess I'll have to sort of narrow the question down a little bit to just the songwriting aspect of what have I learned? Otherwise, it's like a squillion gazillion yeah, things. Yeah, I, I guess I've gone in. I think I've learned that it's 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 lots of hard work. It's something you have to kind of really surrender your life to. You have to kind of live and breathe and sleep it. You know, mm. you have to have a very a naturally very you know applied strong work ethic. Yeah. Um, you have to be responsible for your own ship. I don't think you can sort of walk around externalizing blame mm. when you know if you things aren't going the way you want yeah. you have to really take responsibility for your own progress yeah. you have to be as prolific as you possibly can you have to be able to juggle lots of different things you know between promoting singles uh also still writing starting to tour doing gigs you have to be able to be good at sort of multitasking yeah. and i think it's important to be listening to lots of music as well I think because when you're when you're writing lots and you're, you're you know you're, you've got a lot of output it's easy to start every now and again you can sort of feel like you're you know you can sort of hit a bit of a point where you feel like you the barrel is it's kind of emptier than you, you want it to be just because you've been you know lyrically you've written kind of 25 songs in the last kind of few months and mm. you've you know you've kind of exhausted particular themes and mm sounds and arrangements and stuff and i think if you feel like you've hit a little bit of a, a a little bit of a kind of block in that way you just listen start listening to to music again because it it really just suddenly opens all yeah. the doors up again so i think if ever there's been a point where you know momentarily you just you know you're you're, you're in a session you're like god so what now what's what's mm. there and if, if you're feeling a little bit empty on that front i think just go back to the songs 
that you've kind of loved all your life or yeah. really try and discover some really great new music yeah. that's happening that's always quite inspiring yeah. so you have to be when you when you've got a lot of output you have to be very aware to keep putting stuff back in the tank as yeah. well reading a lot you know reading not and also not reading trashy stuff reading really 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 beautiful um you know great books and okay. poetry and uh listening to great music you know try and to sort of fill the tank back up yeah. again and that's always quite a good way of, yeah. of doing it I think if you're feeling like naturally your um, your own experiences are kind of if you're running on empty basically there's other ways of filling up the tank yeah. if you feel like you haven't got anything else yeah. to give in that moment you know Is there a one single track maybe it's an album track maybe it's a potential single I don't know but um, that you're particularly proud of that you really like that we should really look out for when the album comes out? Yeah there's there's a few tracks that there's a track that I've done called True Romance that I think that I feel really proud of. Um, another song I did called In My Arms, which I wrote with Henry Binns, who's one half of Zero Seven, which is going to be on the album. That I'm also I'm, I'm also proud of that song. I'm, I mean, the, the whole feeling of it. It just it happened in a very it was, it was that, I mean that song was taken there was this old Chopin piece of Prelude in E minor that I used to play a lot when I was younger and it's just a really beautiful kind of quite melancholy sad piece of music but it's just got a kind of it's got a beauty in the sadness if yeah. you know what I mean and um, I always thought it'd be quite an amazing thing to try and translate into a song context so mm. I I played it I just went around we were working one day and I played in the piece and I then just recorded it in and then we kind of built a song arrangement out of it and then wrote a completely different song on top but took the chords and then but there's just one line in the song in the, in the piano piece that we kept as a melody line for the song yeah. it's quite a distinctive part of the piece i mean if you didn't didn't know the piece you probably wouldn't know but yes. if you do know it you're probably like oh, yeah that's oh, it and um the song was inspired by that and also um quite a difficult time i was going through you know in my personal life at that mm. point and um yeah i feel it kind of really captures something quite true that that track and um another song called civil wars that i did with kid harpeen oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah i feel i feel proud of that and another song called how could this be love that i did with karen paul and her husband david i mean there's a few there's i really i mean i feel like the album's been distilled down to lots of different moments that I really feel I stand by mm. 100%, you know, so I guess there's a whole record of songs that I yeah. want to play to people. <laughs> and there's a lot of music people haven't heard as well. I mean, yeah. it's apart from, you know, a couple of the singles are on there, but um, apart from that, it's completely new music. Brilliant. Yeah, so okay. there's there's a lot, a lot to be heard still. And remind us the name of the album. Twist of Fate. And ho when do you hope it to go out? Well, I will kind of know imminently. I okay. think when that's going to happen. Um, but like I said, it's all it's all finished. It's yeah. it's done. So um, yeah, just kind of watch this space. Really. Well, Jess, thank you very much for chatting to oh, us about welcome. music and songwriting. It's been great talking to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Being a guy, there's so many things I don't understand, and I don't even think about that women in this industry face every day. I was surprised that Jess felt comfortable enough to open up so quickly, but something we've learned from talking to other songwriters is that when they go into a writing room, they have to open up quickly so they can easily access their emotions when writing songs, so it becomes almost second nature. 
Also, it was interesting to have another female perspective on songwriting and to touch on some new ground. Until next time.